together. Let's open our Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 1. Over the next several weeks, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Letting God speak to us. On Sunday morning, we're going to talk about places where God has clearly spoken to us from His Word. And that is so essential for us to know so that we, the enemy can't lie to us and we know how to count on the character of God. On Wednesday night, we're going to talk about this foundation we need to lay in our life on how to hear God in the intricate areas of our life. Because, see, the Bible gives us this great foundation, but you have specific children. You have a specific marriage. You have a a very specific calling. And I need to be able to hear God. You need to be able to hear God in all of those things. You have specific challenges. And and so we get the character of God laid in our life, and then we, we need to learn how to hear what God's saying to us about specific things. And we're going to talk about that on Wednesday night. And so I, I challenge you to come and be a part of one of these just three great classes that are going on. Uh, come, we meet here at 7.15 in this room, and we meet here for a few minutes, and we dismiss out those classes. So come and join us on Wednesday night. John 10, chapter 1. This is Jesus, and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door by the is, is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he was brought out, when he is brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Fathers, Father, help us to know your voice, to follow your voice alone, the voice of the good shepherd. And Father, help us to know what other voices are, to flee from them, to follow after you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
with different results. Now, he, he knows the Word. He's not, he knows the church. He's not hostile to those things at all. And, 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 and yet he's just gone a different way. Over, over the years, uh, circumstances have kind of thrown us together on occasion. And, and I always enjoy seeing him. I hope he enjoys uh, seeing me. But recently, that happened again. And, and we, we stood and we, we talked for a, a long time. And the conversation came around to life. Uh, about his, his family and my family. And, and uh, he, he talked about how I was doing and what was going on with my our family and, and what was going on in the church. And we talked about that for a while. And then, then I asked about his family and his life. And he started to describe what was going on and in his life at that moment, in his family. And he talked for a couple of minutes, and finally he just stopped and looked at me and he said these words. You have always seemed to know God's purpose for your life. And here I am in my 50s, and I don't know mine. I assured him in that moment that it's not too late. He can begin to discover God's purpose and be guided in it right now. But I was a bit shaken. How could this be? How could somebody who's not hostile to God miss God in so many ways? And, and yet, it, it seems to happen many, many times. Even in people who come to church all the time. Even in families who who claim to be pursuing God, it seems like there are too many lives that fall far short of the picture that God would give us for life. Our marriages fall short of it. Sometimes our relationships with our children fall short of it. Sometimes the impact God would have our lives that, to make upon a, a world, the fruitfulness of our lives, seems to be like dried up fruit instead of fresh living fruit. And, and, I, and I find myself asking myself, why? Is it hard? Is it really that difficult? Does God really take those things and kind of hide them like a hidden treasure that we've got to try to seek out and if we're lucky we find it? And I find myself just coming to it. No, it's not that hard and it's not that difficult. The real question comes down to this. Are we listening? Are we paying attention? Are we inviting God into those areas of our life where it is this personal relationship with Him? Or are we just doing our best? doing my best to raise my kids. I'm doing my best to do my best. I'm doing my best to live my life. So I want to tell you, our best is always going to fall short of his best. Our, our best is never going to live up to what he can add to our lives if he is involved in our lives, personal in our lives, speaking in our lives. This is one of the places where Christianity is so different than every other religion you will ever, ever read or ever study. 
it's, it's where biblical Christianity is so different than other ritualistic Christianity beliefs that just have you going through formula after formula, doing thing after thing, and saying, if I do these formulas right, then I am pleasing to God, and I am all right with God. See, this is where biblical Christianity is different than all of those. Because, you see, we believe that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. We believe that when he ascended to heaven, that he kept his promise to us to send the Holy Spirit to come into this world to commune with us. That the Holy Spirit would do a very personal and practical work in every one of our lives. He would teach us. The Holy Spirit would convict us. The Holy Spirit would lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit would go with us. Hear me. When you walk out the door today, the Holy Spirit doesn't stay here. He wants to go with you. He wants to get in the car with you. He wants to go into your workplace with you. He wants to go into your home with you, not to be a silent observer, but to be an active participant, to speak into your life. And, and frankly, the reason some people never get there, they never get the fullness of what God would have for their life, they never experience the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit, the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit, the fullness of God's work in their life in tragic times and in good times, is they just simply refuse to go there. That God is with them. As mind-blowing as it may seem, we believe God wants a relationship with us. He wants a relationship with you. He is in all of the metaphors that, the, that God uses in the Bible to describe our relationship with Him, they all have to do with relationships. They all have to. Let me give you two of them. He is the Father, and we are His children. That's about relationships. A healthy father and a healthy child relationship is a great relationship. He is the good shepherd, and we are his sheep. And when he speaks, we know his voice, and we follow. That's about a relationship. It's about a personal relationship. It, it's, it's not just about the crowd. It's about the individual recognizing the sheep. He didn't have to go into the pen and go, Hey, Harry, you didn't hear me. Come on. No. Harry's listening, and Joanne's listening, and everybody else is listening for the voice. And when he calls, they come out to follow. His sheep know his voice, and his sheep follow him. Here's my question. When was the last time you heard God's voice? In a practical, life-changing way. In a direction
Now, if you look at the scripture that we've read today, it implies some very important things for us to understand. It implies that there are voices speaking to us. So, let me give you today the three main voices. Here's the three main voices that speak to us. One is our own voice. Our our own voice. What we want, what we desire, what our flesh longs for, speaks to us and tries to get us to do things. Our anger, our lust, our flesh tries to get us to act ways. Our our own voice speaks to us. Uh, The second one is the enemy's voice. Jesus talks about a robber coming in some other way. And and, And the Bible describes him as the father of all lies. Jesus says he comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but he has a voice. To be a liar, you've got to have a voice. You've got to have a, a way to, to imply and to lead somebody some way, to deceive somebody some way. So there's a liar trying to speak to your children and trying to speak to you. And then there's the third voice, the good shepherd, who wants to lead us to good things. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. When you begin to talk about God speaking to us, uh, there are reactions to that. We say that, the psychologist's ears perk right up, and he says, now, if God's talking to you, tell me about that. Exactly how does that work? The secular humanist smirks and goes, really? <laughs> really, God's talking to you? Really? And even in some Christian circles, some circles that claim to be followers of Christ, they might look and say, oh, that's for the old days. That was really, you know, when the book of Acts closed and the New Testament church came to an end, uh, the, the first century church came in, all those things kind of stopped and they don't happen anymore. Now, why? I, I, I know why. Let me tell you why. Because many crazy, ridiculous, false things have been said and done in the name of God told me. And I could, I could sit here today, we sit around and get a cup of coffee someplace or uh, get, some, get some lunch, and I can tell you funny stories. I can tell you tragic stories. I can tell you some pretty sick stories of people who did things all under the justification. God told me so. God told me to do it. So listen, saying you've heard the voice of God can be dangerous. Saying you heard the voice of God can make you foolish. Many people have used God's name in vain to try to get what their flesh wanted. Many people have used God's name in vain trying to do something and doing things that the enemies deceive them in. Some of them famous historically. Some of them infamous inside of their own family's life. And yet, friend, I would tell you today that just because our flesh can speak to us and just because the enemy can speak to us doesn't mean, mean that we need to throw out the fact that God can speak to us. We just need to know the difference. 
We need to get mature enough, healthy enough, to know the difference. That's what we're going to talk about these next several weeks. So here's where we're going. How do we know God's voice? Let me give you a, a couple of simple filters. And, and, and that they can, First one is this. You have to know what he's already said. When I know what he's already said, it gives me a foundation of faith in my life to know who God is. So I've got to pour myself into his word. I've got to listen for his word. Because when I know who he is, I know what he will and won't say. I've used this illustration a lot of times, but let me use it one more time today for somebody who may not have heard. If you came up to me today and say, Pastor, uh, I saw your wife uh, last week out at the store. Man, she was giving it to the clerk behind the checkout counter. I would look at you and say, you didn't see my wife. Oh, yeah, Pastor. She goes, no, no, no. You didn't see my wife. Because I know my wife. And I know that no matter what happens, she wouldn't be giving it to the clerk behind the counter. See, when you know somebody, when you know their character, when you know who they are, then you can recognize when the voice that's coming to you isn't right. Nah, that's not the way God works. That's not the way God acts. That's not the way God does things. I know God's voice. Uh, then you got to ask yourself this. Who else could be telling you this besides God? It, it, is there a possibility that something else is telling me this? When I was a youth pastor, youth pastor for 11 years, uh, from time to time, some guy or some girl would come up to me and they would say to me, uh, Pastor Mark, uh, what, what should I do? Can you talk to so-and-so for me? Why? Well, God has told me that I'm supposed to marry them and they are not cooperating at all. Just not, and I mean, this is seriously, God has spoken to me. And, and my question is always, could there be another voice in here? Uh, listen, if God's spoken to you, then what you need to do is you just need to fast and pray until God speaks to them or God clarifies his voice with you. Because there's a real possibility here. This isn't God's voice at all. There's a possibility this is the flesh. Or somebody might say, yeah, I've got this guy, and he, he's ungodly. I know he smokes dope, and I know he gets high, and I know he hasn't had a job in 15 years. And, and, and I know, you know, he's beat his last three wives. But, uh, you know, I'm going to marry him because God's told me so. No, he hasn't. He didn't say any such thing. That's, that's not God's voice. To you. That, that's an enemy setting you up for destruction. You, you've got you to understand. Who else could be telling me this? My friends, I, I, I'll say, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've never heard God in an audible way speak to me. I've heard people tell me they have. I have no doubt that they have. I've seen the results of what he told them and how it corrected their life. Sometimes God gets in our face. I've never had that experience. But I want you to know this. Our church started on the voice of God. My dad, our founding pastor, lived in Springfield, had a business he was going, traveling as a missionary evangelist, People would talk to him about starting a church in Springfield, and he would look at them very, very clearly and say, I have no interest. Not going to do it. Like what I'm going to do. 
1966, early 1966, with a heart attack in the hospital. And back in those days, they didn't know how to open you up and do the, the, the valve work and do the, the clearing of the, of the arteries. They didn't know how to put, put all those the things in you to, to straighten things out, do the balloons and all the stuff that they do, put stents in. They didn't know how to do all that back at that time. You laid in bed, they gave you some nitro, and they hoped for the best. That's what they did. They were, they were just beginning to learn how to do things. And he was in the hospital for weeks. One night, he would tell you, laying in bed. Didn't know if it was a dream. I've heard him tell his story so many times. Many of you have to dream or a vision. They saw the Lord stand at the foot of his bed. The Lord gave him some very specific, and asked him some specific questions, and gave him some very specific instructions. But at the end of it all, it was this. I'm going to raise you up off of this bed, and you're to start a church in Springfield. And the man who the day before had no interest, suddenly it became his life because God had spoken. God had spoken. We sit here today as a church because in 1966, God spoke to a man. of all that is this. He'll speak to you. Our church started on this revelation. So the question is, are we, are we open to him to speak to us? Sometimes that comes through a revelation. It comes through a moment of clarity. It comes through a moment of understanding, like, like my dad in the hospital, or you when you were saved. He may have walked into church that day with no intention. Not maybe doubting everything that was going on. You may have entered into the conversation with somebody with no intention of believing in God. You may have opened up the book, no intention of turning your life to faith. In the middle of reading that story, in the middle of somebody talking to you, in the middle of a sermon, all of a sudden, a revelation comes. I am far from God. He is real. I'm going to stand before him someday. I better get my heart right with God. And it's a revelation. And the first chance you get, when you raise your hand, your hand goes up because you know something that you didn't know a half an hour earlier. It's a revelation. And God does that to us. Know the sermon. Know the missionary story. A revelation about giving, about working, about attitude, about our spirit, and boom, you off, off we go to a different direction. It comes in a conviction. He speaks to us in a conviction. Hey, Mark, Stop it. Don't do that anymore. Hey, what you're doing there is a good. I met before feeling fully justified in my attitude. Fully justified in the way I was acting. Fully justified. Not feeling any conviction about it before. Thinking I'm, I'm a great Christian. I'm doing wonderful. And God goes, oh, 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 by the way, there's one more thing we need to talk about. I'll be back later to talk about some others. And it comes in a conviction. All of a sudden you go, start going another way. This is when your friends look at you and say, you're not the same person you used to be. You go, thank God I'm not the same person I used to be. It comes with a passion. You hear a missionary speak. You, you see a group of kids who need help. You see somebody who's in need. You see a homeless person. You 
you see something and all of a sudden in your heart it begins to beat a little stronger. A passion begins to stir in you and you hear the voice of God saying, do something about it. Do something about it. Get involved. Do something about it. And the next thing you know, you're working in a Sunday school class or the next thing you know, you're down at a bread line or you're down at a shelter or the next thing you know, you're, you're going on a missions trip. You're doing something you never dreamed of doing, but there's a new passion that's coming you. Why? Because God's spoken to you. God said something to you. Now, most likely, instead of it being the thundering interruption from heaven that we see on television shows, it's a gentle nudge in your spirit. It's just the whisper of God. A whisper that's so clear, so biblically centered, that you go, hey, that, that message is for me. I've got to do something about that. When does that happen? It, it, it happens in a moment like this, in message, in, in Ephesians. And, and you hear a message like this, and in a day just like this, you hear God tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, are you listening to him? I've been wanting to talk with you for a long time, and you've not been listening. I've been, I've been around your life for a long time. I want to get involved in the intricate details of your life. I want to be your best friend in this thing. But you're not paying attention. And you leave here with a new conviction. I've got to start paying attention to God. It happens in a prayer time. When you're pouring your heart out about some issue in your life, something that's going on in your life, and in the middle of it, God just says, stop, wait a second, I've I know what you're asking. I've got a few things to say about it, too. And all of a sudden, some clarity comes. Before I can do that for you, there's some things that's got to change. Some clarity comes. Now, here, here's the one that's... Americans, we're really bad at this one. We are really... That doesn't get taught on much. You, don't go, you won't go down to the bookstore and find 50 books on this subject. On most of these other subjects. The quiet time. How to just shut everything down and just say, God, here I am. Do you have anything to say to me? Now, here's how I tell you to start that. And, and if you want to get started, what does it Every night before you go to bed, just take, take two or three minutes. It doesn't have to be a long time. Sit down, chair in your room, sit at the edge of the bed. Nobody else around. And here's what you do God, how'd I do today? And then shut up. And just listen. It, you, won't, you won't spend too many days doing that before you'll hear God talking to you. There'll be times when he'll say, hey, you know what you did there at work today? You know how you helped that person? I like that. Keep that up. And there'll be other times when God will say, you know that conversation you had? You need to go repent of that tomorrow. You need to go apologize need to straighten that out. And you'll begin to hear God talking to you about your life. And as you grow in that, you'll be able to look at your calendar for the next day and say, God, here's what's going on. What do you want me to do? What kind of spirit do you want me to take into this? What kind of th How do you want me to act? What do you want me to say? And you'll start hearing God you hear God when you read His Word. 
See, that's the key about reading the Word. We don't read the Word to get smart biblically so we can debate or do Bible quiz better. We read the Word so it will transform us. We read the Word with the thought of, God, what are you saying to me today through your Word? What do you want to pour into my life? How do you want to reshape me and mold me today? So we read the Word with an open heart for transformation. We, we also invite friends into our life. This is why you have to see two groups. See, a friend in your life can be the voice of God. Now, let's, let's check this, make sure there's balance. Peter came to Jesus after Jesus said some things, and Jesus looked at him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Peter, one of the disciples, did not have the voice of God in that moment. Sometimes our closest, most godly friends don't have the voice of God in that moment. It's why Jesus knew that because he, he was centered in his purpose of why his father sent him here. And Peter wasn't. But there are other times when if we open our arms that our friends will tell us something that we need to hear. Now, if you get mad every time somebody tells you something, if you, you know, get all sullen and don't talk to them for two or three weeks, if you, te- if, if you, if you attack them back, oh yeah, well, you want to tell me about that? Let me tell you about some things I've seen in your life. If that's where you go, you're going to shut that door. Nobody's going to talk to you. But if you can look at your friends, your godly friends, and say, listen, you see something in my life, bring it on. Bring it on. Talk to me about it. Tell me where I'm doing good. Tell me where I'm doing bad. And then when they tell you that, instead of getting upset, you go, thank you, I'll pray about that. Thank you, I'll take that before before the Lord of prayer. And I'll say, Lord, my, my friend Joey, he's been talking to me, and God, I didn't really, I didn't like what I had to hear. I didn't like it. It really kind of made me mad. But I, I know he loves me. I know he wants the best for me. God, what do you have to say? What does your word have to say? You'll find that many times a friend can help you. But you've got to open the door. This is why we have C2 groups, and we talk about them being a place of practical Christian living where we can speak into each other's lives and we can talk to each other. And it doesn't mean that I am under their authority and I have to do everything they say. No, we're brothers and sisters on a journey to become more Christ-like. And sometimes it's just in a moment. It's just in a moment. God just comes up and says, I'm going to talk to you about this. And you've got a choice. There are times I get in the car and I'm driving and... uh, radio's on or CD's on and, and, and I'll just sense clear, look, turn it off. I, 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 I want to stop. Turn it off. Sometimes it's just listen. Your, your brain just needs to have a time out. Just be silent for a few minutes. No input. For a long time. Here's the key. You've got to be listening. 
you've got to know he's there. You've got to be sensitive that it's okay to turn off grace, that that's not weird. It's not strange. It's not odd to sit before God and say, I'm here, I'm listening. It's not, it's not a strange thing. Now, here's a couple of points that will help you. Does this lead me towards pleasure or service? Does this voice lead me towards ease or discipline? Does this voice lead me towards a waste of time, a waste of money, a waste of things, meaningless things, or does it lead me towards accomplishment, especially eternal accomplishment? Does this voice lead me towards pride and building myself up and getting something for myself, or does it lead me towards wisdom and service and in care for others? Where's the voice leading me? Because when I understand the trajectory of the voice, I can begin to understand whose voice it is. This voice of God impacts every area of our life. See, he is the good shepherd. He wants to lead you to good pastures. He wants to lead you to good water. He wants to lead you to safe haven. He wants to lead you to productive living. He wants to take you to good places. And so I've got to learn to to let him impact every area of my life. God, what are you saying to me in these most intricate details of my life? So, So here's this picture that Jesus draws. There's an enemy that's trying to get into the pen to steal and harm the sheep. Who are the sheep? Us. There's an enemy trying to get in to to, to harm us. He comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the only reason he shows up. He's the father of all lies, and he's trying to get into the sheep pen so he can mess with us. The good shepherd only comes through the gate. He speaks, and the gate, it's the word. The Word is my standard. The Word is what will guide. Does it match up with the Word? The Word is the truth for me to guide my life. So he speaks through this Word. And as I know his Word, I know his voice. I know his voice. It begins to make sense. It begins to feel right. It begins to sense right. It begins to sound right. And when another voice comes along, I go, that ain't God's voice. That's that's not what God has for me. That's not the truth. And we learn to follow another way. We learn to follow after Christ. But here's the thing I want to assure you. I want to challenge you with this. The Word of God tells us that God speaks. greatest testimonies for me of, of life it wasn't the great organization that, that was brought to church. I, I love church when it's organized in the right order. So that wasn't. There wasn't great programs. I, I've been a part of great programs, great youth programs. Uh, 
experienced them as a child, as a teenager, uh, was a part of them as, as, a, as a leader in many, many times. Seen a lot of good things. Seen a lot of good works that the church has done to minister to people. I'm always thrilled when we do some good works-oriented thing in the name of Jesus. It's a thrilling thing and exciting thing that brings some some passion to life. Seen all kinds of things about the church. None of those things were the key defining moment that made me believe this thing is really true. As a young kid growing up, I had a different privilege. I had the privilege of seeing people's lives change. I had the privilege of seeing people come into the church whose lives were shipwrecked, and they began to call out to God, and God began to speak to them, and their lives get pulled off of the shores of the rocks of the brokenness of this earth, and their lives begin to come into order. And before long, you couldn't have imagined what their life was before. I've seen people come in who were aimless, not knowing what to do with their life, and, and begin to open their life to God, and purpose and aim come into their life. I've seen people come in who had religion and yet were burdened by it and wore down by it, and, and it was like a, a yoke around their neck, and they find a relationship with God, and suddenly their joy and their walk with God brought everything alive until it became an absolute integral part of every, every, every area of their life. I've seen people who were addicted to the things in this world get set free by the power of God. I've seen people who were abused, worn down by people's words, beat up by people physically, worn out by the abuse of this world, find new life breathed into them by a word of God that raises them up out of the abuse, out of, the, out of being worn down, out of being destroyed by this world, and suddenly discover the full value of who they are because God has spoken into their life. I, I witnessed in my life people who were abusers, people who were nasty and mean-spirited and unkind, repent and turn and change and become life-givers because they heard the voice of God, because they let God speak to them. I'm telling you, as a boy, that's what captured my attention. That's what, that's what drew my interest, was that story, was that life, was that person said, I used to be this, and now I am this, because a Savior came into my life, and He spoke to me, and He's changed my direction. And it made me open to say, God, what do you have for me? And I learned as a teenage boy, if I listened, he would talk. And when I would do what he said, I would find life in him. And on the many times when I ignored what he said, I wished I hadn't.
a foundation of what God has already said. So we can stop worrying about things. So we know what we should be doing. So we can get some things right. So we can know who God is. So that when we invite Him to speak to us in the intricate detail of our life, we can know it's Him. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together today and let's pray. Father, our challenge today is for people to start listening. To take the time to realize that you're there. That this, uh, this isn't some weird thing. It's not some strange thing. This is how your kingdom works. It's not some extra biblical thing. This is a biblical thing. That you speak in our lives. And we can hear you. Father, some in this place today, that right now, what they, they need to hear your voice. They need to know it's time to cross the line of faith. To receive your son as their savior. To determine to follow him as their Lord. It's a moment of eternal destiny. And I pray, Father, that you hear that voice right now as, as I speak, that no, that, that's for me. That's for me. This is my day. This is my moment. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looked around. Just say, Pastor, that's me. I need, to, I need to cross that line of faith. I need Christ in my life today as my Savior. I, I want to cross, I, from this day forward, I want Him to be the Lord of my life today. Will you raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me in Jesus' name. Just waiting just a second here for you to raise your hand and say, pray for me. God bless you and God bless you. Others today, God bless you. Others today, God bless you. Others today, you'll raise your hand and say, me, Pastor, I want to be right with God. Yes, right there. God's speaking to you today. Right now, God bless you. God's talking to you. Are you going to ignore me? Are you going to pay attention? you going to let the, the, the worries of the world control your life? Are you going to follow after Christ today? Today's the day. We raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me right now. I want Christ in my life. I want to follow him. I know he's my creator, and I want to be his child. Anyone else today, you'll raise your hand right now and say, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Bless the Lord. I'm going to ask our prayer teams and our elders to move down to the front right now as we pray this prayer together. Everyone pray with me. Father, I come to you. In Jesus' name. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I receive Jesus as my Lord. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. And I ask you to help me to live for Him who died for me. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, Father, you see every life in this room that needs a direction today. You see lives in this room who need to hear your sustaining, encouraging voice today. You know those in this room, Father, who just need to know that you love them today. And I pray that, Father, in these moments, you speak to our hearts and speak to our lives. And this week, let us begin to pay attention know you. And over these next weeks, Lord, let us clearly define how to hear your voice, Father, and how to know your will in everything we do in life.